Hello, hello, hello everyone. Um, this is Cheryl Gallagher with Creation Conversations with Cheryl. And whew, it is for me Saturday, what is it, November 26, 2022. And funny thing is I was going to record this episode just a couple weeks ago and then, well, life, things, things happened and uh, I got a little distracted. So um, hopefully those who celebrated Thanksgiving this week had a wonderful Thanksgiving. You were able to take a moment just to be, and I know usually it's entails a lot of rushing around, a lot of families, uh, gatherings, sometimes not always, you know, the most ideal ideas of getting together and, you know, cause sometimes, you know, us families don't always get along and we get together for the holidays because, well, you know, that's what we're supposed to do, right? Uh, but hopefully you found some enjoyment in the day and got to meet great food and um, just got to take a moment. And, you know, it was kind of cool. My daughter and I, we've been running the turkey trot for, oh gosh, 10 plus years at least. And every Thanksgiving morning, 8.30, it's a 5K, so like 3.2 miles, nothing crazy. And, um, this year we're driving down and she said, so what are you thankful for? And I immediately just started to like cry and mm, thinking about it. I'm tearing up now. It's interesting. Um, I feel like things have been like sort of bubbling up and I have this sense of just releasing, you know, and letting go and you know, anything that's been like sitting, uh, inside me for so long. And we might all have that at moments where we're just all of a sudden we start blabbering, like either crying or hysterically laughing. Um, because it just, it doesn't just, um, it's not just about the crying is not just the only way to release, right? There's lots of ways, um, whether it's through anger, you know, maybe you're punching a punching bag or I don't know, breaking something or, um, or, you know, laughter, like I said, and, you know, crying is another way. Uh, so, um, actually what I wanted to talk about today though, was about attachment. And I've been thinking about this for quite some time. And I know the title is attachment equals suffering. And, you know, you can choose to disagree and that's fine, but just hear me out for a moment. And I would like us to just take a look at this piece and how it can lead to quote unquote suffering in our life. Uh, so I'm going to start with my blankie and I may have told this story before, but I'm going to use it as an attachment piece, uh, just because on the physical realm. And then I'm going to go into some more in areas. So when I was a baby and you know, we, usually are adorned with gifts. And one of the gifts that my parents received was this green blanket. They had the little silk edges. That was a gift for me as a baby. And this blanket became my blanket. Like it was my blanket. It was my tickle blanket. That's what I called it, but it was my protector. It was, it made me feel safe. Um, and of course warm and it, it helped me uh, to cope. And the reason I say that is I used to fold the edges of the silk and just run it over my fingers, well, hence the tickle blanket. And just, it calmed me. 
So just doing that, it was just so calming. And it just, so I carried it through life. I didn't let go of that. My grandfather, he, uh, he actually fixed that silk stuff because it came off a bunch of times. And, um, so that thing became, you know, almost like my lifeline up into my twenties. And here I am, I get married. I still had it. So I might take a blanket and then I have my son and, uh, I was like, you know, maybe it's time to pass it down to him. So I gave it to him and he was using it and it was still kind of was mine, but I allowed him to use it as a baby. And I remember driving down to the ocean with my husband at the time. And I said to him, like, you know, yeah, I'm not really attached to anything physically. And then in that moment, it was like, dun, dun, dun. It was almost like the world stopped for just a moment and went, oh, the universe said, oh, you're not. Okay. Well, let's teach you a lesson. And I was like, shit. Okay. So that being said, we enjoy our time at the beach. We leave, we go home. And I realize as I get home, I can't find my tickle blanket anywhere. I must've left it at the beach, at this beach house. It was a whole family gathering. Well, I was very beside myself. We'll say we called the place. No one saw it. Uh, my sister-in-law at the time went down there. She was going down there. She, she went and checked, didn't see it. Uh, I went down. It was crazy. Couldn't find this blanket. This blanket disappeared. It was like, it just vanished. And I'm like, what in the world? So in that moment, now I'm not going to say I suffered. I didn't like suffer. I lost my blanket for of like 20 some years. Um, however, I mean, I did miss it. You know, it was this comfort for me. And it was this like, so if, you know, if some people talk about like having like, you know, anxiety and stuff. And for me, that was my medication. You know, I use that to calm. Um, and there's other ways I can do that, but it just, it just was very, um, comforting. Like I said, and so I was attached to it. So when we're not able to let go of things, then we do become, um, I use that word attachment. We, we do become attached to them. And then we have this sort of expectation that, so if they leave, uh, then we have this like gap, this hole to fill and we feel maybe empty or we feel like a loss or grief. And so what I'm trying to get out here is the less we become attached to something, the more we can have ease in our life and the less stress that we're going to have. So let me give another example because that was like a physical example. And I'm sure we might all have some of those like physical examples and I have others, but that was a, that was a big one for me. All right. So let's go with, um, friendship. Okay. So in friendships, we might have an expectation. We might become so, sort of attached to a friend. You know, we become close to a friend and, you know, we have certain expectations of we talk this day or we talk every day or, you know, they call on the birthday or, you know, we go out every Saturday or every month or, whatever that looks like. If we become attached to a certain way we are with this particular friend, and then what happens is things start to change. And then it's not what we have sort of already set up. 
we became attached possibly to that expectation or that getting together. And what that can do is like, oh, well, we're not getting together now every month. Oh, wait a minute. We're not getting together. We're not talking every day. Like what's going on? What's wrong? So we start going into our mind. We start going into our brain and we start going into this sort of, um, it's, it is a loop and it does create suffering. So if, and again, I'm trying to find examples that might relate and I'm sure I can, I'll find some other ones here in a minute, but we have that attachment to how things are or how things have been. If we're not willing to be present with where things are energetically, then it's going to lead to suffering. Okay. So I've learned this lesson. And the reason I'm talking about it is because I've been in this lesson in the last number of years, um, lots of moments, but particularly in the last year or two. And I'll, I'll share some personal examples. So for me, I have a friend who, um, oh, I guess a few years ago we started, you know, talking and we just realized we had a connection and we started, you know, everyone's all get together. She's got a family. Um, you know, my kids are older now and I don't have anyone I'm dating or anything, but she's got a husband and kids and it's great. You know, uh, and she's got a business she runs and I have a business I run and, you know, we would get together every so often. This friend has taught me this friendship has taught me not to be attached to an outcome, not to be attached to talking all the time, to getting together, to, um, you know, we talk every Thursday or we talk, you know, it, it has taught me to expand and let go and to follow the energy and to be present with it. Now I will say, tell you, there've been a couple of times, um, where I, I did get attached. I got attached to, uh, getting together. Like, I think it's been twice, um, to like getting together at a certain time. And I'm like, I ex sort of expected that's what we we're going to do. And then when it didn't happen, I, my feelings got hurt. And then I started feeling a loss. I started feeling this hole and I realized that wow. Okay. That doesn't feel so good. And again, is that perpetuating my life? Is that helping my life? No. And I get it. We're human. So we're going to do this like I did. And I was like, huh? Okay. So I was attached to the outcome. I was attached to this was supposed to happen, or I thought it was supposed to happen because we talked about it. Instead of living in the moment of energy, and allowing things to flow how they flow, which I've been doing a lot more of, which yay. And maybe you guys are doing this as well. If we can just find the flow and not become attached to things. And you're like, Cheryl, how can you do that? How? how? All right. Well, I'm going to give you another really big example here. Last year. Well, okay. Two years ago, COVID happened. All right. Um, 
I will tell you, I didn't have a huge expectation that Christmas, particular Christmas 2020. Um, and it ended up being me and my daughter in the living room with masks on, exchanging gifts. Okay. Christmas morning. All right. It's what it was. I was really excited for the following Christmas for 2022. Now my mom had passed and I just really wanted it to be a good Christmas though, um, since she had passed and I got all these gifts and I was getting ready and I decorated the house and I became attached to the outcome of what I expected. Now my daughter's friend, her one friend, um, was going to stay over because she had some stuff going on with the fa their family. And so I gifts for them and, you know, I was really excited so that being said, something, something's transpired and it became a very hard Christmas, um, with me and my family. Something's happened between my son and I, um, and there was arguing, there was fighting, there was just discord and disease, disease, Christmas Eve and Christmas day and that whole week following. I had plans to go see my cousin in Georgia that week. I had I bought a plane ticket. I was going to go visit her. Her husband was um, away in the military. And I became attached to this particular outcome. And still, I'm in the next year. I still have... I look back at that and I've gotten way better and I've let go a lot of the pieces and I would say most of the pieces, but there's still a couple there. I feel like that are remaining that are kind of like stuck and hidden and until like Christmas, you know, happens this year, it, that's going to help sort of release some of these pieces, which I think is part of the reason I go back to the crying. I was probably holding on to stuff. So I got attached to a particular outcome and the way it was going to look last year. It's not how it looked at all. Like not even... And I would tell you for months, a month or two, months afterwards, it, it did, it led to me, I would say, in a sort of a suffrage of suffering of, oh, this happened and oh, you know, da, 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 da. I was in my story. I was in the expectation. I was in the um, projected outcome, the conclusion of, of what I thought should happen relationships. I'm not talking about friendships. I'm talking about actually relationships. My cousin came on Thanksgiving and he turned 40 and I did a little pirate treasure hunt. It was a lot of fun. And I uh, had him go all across the yard and, um, you know, and basically to find his treasure and there's clues and stuff like that. And uh, he's been with, a his girlfriend for about six years and they have a daughter, but he is a daughter by someone else, but anyways, they've been raising her together, essentially. And my aunt was here, and my aunt asked his girlfriend, well, when are you guys getting married? They've been together for six years, right? And she's like, well, that's not a question for me. And she's like, well, like, don't you guys talk about it? <laughs> um, so I can sense even from that. So there's, there's an attachment. There's a, an expectation. Maybe it's not from her, but maybe from others about, well, you've been together for six years. Shouldn't you be married? So when we're in a relationship, you have that, there might be that, 
that attachment, that outcome of what it should look like, how it should be. And I would say probably most of the time it's not exactly how it is at all. I've been in multiple relationships and some long-term and some short. And when we set ourselves up to how it should look, and then it doesn't look like that, but then we stay because we expect or we think that, well, I could change this or it could change or it's going to change. Then what we do is we put ourselves into suffering. Instead of living with the reality and looking at the reality of, well, this is how it is. And if you're okay with how it is, then you can be in that without the attachment to the change or the, uh, the projected outcome or the conclusion or how things should be, you think, then we can live in the moment. We can be present with what is and we can create. So what I'm trying to get to is that it's, this doesn't just lead to potential quote unquote suffering. And I use the word suffering. Um, it's just like a relative term to how we essentially fuck ourselves over in the head and how we mess ourselves up with, and we stop creating our life. We think maybe things should be how they were before, or we think maybe we have an idea of how they should be in the future. And then we forget about now. So what are the, some of the ways that I've learned to just be? Well, I've learned some hard lessons and I've learned, um, like with the examples that I've, I've given, um, I'll give an example, one more of, uh, my mom's house. So, you know, you guys know my mom passed away May of 21 and, you know, I somewhere inside had this, uh, projected outcome of, well, I mean, not exactly how much I would get, maybe a little bit. I tried to let go of that somewhat cause I didn't know where that was going to be, but of maybe how that would look how it would be, how it could be. And I realized having this idea of how the timeline, we'll just say, we're just going to use the timeline of the timeline of how I thought it should be. It messed me over my head. So my mom died in May figured my brother was going to buy me out in six months, figured by Christmas time, May 21, he'd have the house. Now I'd get my share. I'd be on my way. That's not at all what happened. What happened was, uh, lots more waiting, lots more ignoring, lots more dragging feet. And I messed myself up in the head. I'm like, come on, come on, come on, come on. This has got to be a certain way. And I will tell you, for months, it led to my suffering. It led to me in my head, thinking about my brother, thinking about how it should be, having to go over there, the drama. Oh, you know, I put my hand on my forehead. <gasps> the drama. And instead of going, all right, well, what can I do right now? So I had a reading um, by a good friend of mine, Doreen. And in the reading, because I was just so in my head about all of this, she basically was like, look, she goes, you need to stop focusing on your brother so much. Send him good energy, good light. You know, he's got shit he's wrestling with. 
um, and stop letting this essentially sort of destroy my life. You know, it's, it was encompassing. It was fully like I was fully engulfed in the soap opera, you know, the suffering, you know, cause if, <laughs> what soap opera have you ever watched that people aren't suffering in some way, shape or form? So yeah, that's a whole nother podcast. Soap operas in daily life. Right. So I looked at that and I was like, wow, she's right. She's correct here. Like I'm, I'm just, okay. All right. So I was like, how do I change this? So let's go back to what I was saying before. Like, how can we change this? First thing I did was probably, well, one, I was aware of the situation. We need to be aware of a situation. We need to be aware of when we are engulfed in something. And it's not always easy because we're engulfed in it. So if it was easy, then everyone would be doing it. So if we're so in it, entrenched, how can we see it? Well, we need to take a moment and we need to set, you're listening to this podcast. So good. So you're on the right track. So take a moment. Is there an area where we are focusing so much on the outcome, the conclusion, how things should be that is leading us? I'm going to use the word hamster wheel in our head, but it's leading to that perpetual focus that's not creating anything in their lives which is going to, but it will create suffering. It's going to create that. It's not going to create something more for us. Okay. Maybe it's a business. Okay. So let's use a business as an example. We go, all right, these are the steps that I've just learned from this class. I did step one. I did step two. I did step three. Okay. Four is the projected outcome of say X amount of money for the year, or I should be getting these amount of sales or blah, blah, blah. That doesn't happen. So then when that doesn't happen and we have that projected outcome, it's going to lead us into a back, into a back loop of like, oh, well, I guess I didn't do anything right. Or maybe I didn't do step one right. Or what am I doing wrong? So what we do is we go into that suffering of, oh my God, I didn't do it right. And all instead of going, okay, well, how else can I change this? What else can I do? All right. So step one, be aware. Step two, well, maybe step one would be take a breath. Step two. Let's take a breath and just sit and be for a minute. And even though the mind's probably still thinking about whatever that is, just take a breath and focus on the breath for just a moment. Maybe it's 30 seconds. Maybe it's 10 seconds. It's okay. Maybe it's putting the hands on the body and just breathing for a second. Maybe it's, again, three seconds, 10 seconds. And then I want us to... Well, we can do another thing after this. We can expand out from this situation. Sometimes that does help. If we sit and what we do is we just imagine ourselves, we kind of go out and out and out like we're going out like the property and the house and the land and into the earth and space. So we just kind of expand ourselves and then we look at the problem. And a lot of times when we look at it, it's so small that it's okay. All right, now can how can I deal with this? And I'd actually use that um, tool at least probably once or twice with it with this situation with my brother. I probably should have led with this one because this is a really, it's a good doozy for me. Uh, so from there I started going, all right, well, what can I do? What am I capable of here? How can I create with what I am, I have right now? 
So what I started to do and I started to learn and I still would get frustrated. Okay. So it doesn't like, Oh, I'm skipping along now. All of a sudden it wasn't that easy. It was kind of like, I took myself out of the situation and I started looking at where I could change things for me and what I could do to still eventually get the outcome was eventually getting the sale of my mom's house, having that happen. Also though, I had to let go of it ever happening. Okay, let me repeat that. If we have a projected outcome of something, we have to let go of that actually ever happening. Huh? Exactly. So if I kept thinking, well, it's going to happen, it's going to happen, it's going to happen, it's going to happen this date, this date, or whatever, I let go. I knew eventually it probably would. I didn't know what it looked like, how it was going to be. I was also, I eventually surrendered to the fact of I might just do that. I might just buy this house. Maybe what else could I do? And then get my brother out. Like, could I go, do I have to go to court? Do I have to do this? And so it put me in more of a place of being present with what was and being empowered. So as manipulative as my brother is and as shitty as he was and a bully a lot of times, um, what I started realizing as I stepped out, the more I stepped out of it, more, I was like, okay, well, what can I do here? Like I said, so what ended up happening, there was a gentleman there who, you know, has been living there. A guy had been there for like seven years. It was a friend of my mom's. She, she worked with him and he was almost like a brother, like part of the family. And essentially he wanted to, he talked about wanting to buy the house and it appraised for 340, um, just FYI. And he wanted to buy it. And well, 340 was way too much. And he was thinking maybe around like 300 or something. So we, I say we, me and my brother decided, okay, well, we'll let you buy it for 300. Um, and he was very grateful. Well, at least in the moment. So that being said, go to this mortgage broker, and Steve and, um, all right, this guy wants to buy it. So what I, what I discovered, I had this mortgage broker that I connected with a year ago, the other traditional routes, the real estate routes, which I thought were going to work again, my projected outcome, cause it was my brother's friend, this real estate agent, this girl and his, her sister, and they were, you know, working together. I like, Oh, this is going to work. See? So what I did was I attached to the fact that these girls were going to be the answer and the solution to make this happen because they were friends of his. And nope, didn't happen. Frustration after frustration, he kept canceling showings. He kept saying, this isn't going to happen. He wasn't signing the contract. So perpetually dragging it. So it didn't matter. So that didn't matter. So again, boom, I attached myself to that. So at that point, like I said, I was like, well, this isn't working. And I talked to this mortgage broker and I'm like, dude, uh, help me out here. And what I did was, again, I took myself out of the situation to the point where I was like, well, what can I do? So I talked to this mortgage broker. I talked to the guy's name's Todd that did end up eventually buying the house. And I said, all right, you got to talk to him. And I just started putting the pieces together and going, all right, you do this, do this. And then what came to be was Todd didn't have any credit. <laughs> And this day and age, you need credit to buy something. And so in order to establish credit, he had to get a couple of cards. And then we had to wait a few months for a couple of billing cycles, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> so I was like, well, shit. So again, 
I had a projected idea of what's going to happen here. It's going to happen here. But again, what I started to do is I still kept stepping out of it and going, all right, what can I do here? I had already um, gotten rid of a lot of stuff in my mom's house. We did an estate sale. We got money from that. I was able to, you know, do a few other things um, to help, um, you know, move things along. And again, I kept pulling myself out more and more, but still being a part of it because I had to sort of, you know, still trying to create this, you know, to happen to eventually sell. But I had to really let go of the fact that it ever would sell and that I would always still be, you know, trying to get it to sell or whatever. I knew eventually something would happen. So again, I, I detached myself and actually the hawk, um, the hawk can teach us about detachment. So my native teacher always talked about hawks and detachment and boundaries. So the idea of, you know, flying above a situation and detaching from it so that we can see it for what it is. You know, if someone looks out, you know, outside in, they can see it more objectively than we, if we're in it and what to do. It's why my friend Doreen was like, yeah, this is like kind of eating you up. So it wasn't creating my life. I was suffering in a lot of ways. So I was letting it happen. So again, I pulled myself out, pulled myself out. And at that point, what I began to do was just like, yeah, I was, I was reaching for a goal, but I didn't know when or how, um, I didn't attach myself to the goal. I just knew I was reaching for it. So I just, all right, what's next? What's next? What do we got to do? What's what we got to do? So when it happened, when actually we did settle, woohoo, we did settle. Oh, eventually, finally, months and months later, like 15 months later, <laughs> um, it was not like that weight that had been lifted. You know, you have something happen at weight lifts. It, that didn't occur. And I was like, that's kind of weird. Well, because I had detached myself from the situation already. Yes, my body did feel it. The next day, the universe had my back and pretty much canceled most of my book, which was kind of funny for massages. Uh, and I had some space to just be because it was, it was a lot. It really was. And which was good because I wasn't feeling the best. And it was just my body was really feeling it. Um, but what I'm trying to say is and get at is I detached from the situation I became aware of what was happening. I took a breath. I looked at what I could do and how I could do it. And I totally detached from like the outcome would happen. And I looked at other ways and ways in which things could occur possibly. And I let go of that happening. I was hoping it would. I kept hoping it would. You can still hope as long as we don't attach to it because <clears throat> the attachment is what leads to suffering. And I'm sure there are other pieces here that I could talk about with attachment. I just want us to take a look at our lives and see where we are attaching to things. Whether it's a physical, like a vehicle, a house, um, a person, you know, um, or something emotional that we're attaching to. So years ago, I'm going to tell the story and then I'm going to finish up here. Cause I feel like it's a really good one. I got into the native American group and, you know, at that point in time, back in the nineties, the native American stuff, the pagan stuff, whatever was not 
okay for most people. Like, oh, what are you doing? You're doing, you know, satanic stuff, blah, blah, blah. And of course, it's not like that at all. So I got a lot of flack from family, mom, some friends um, about my choices at that time. And somewhere along the line, I did a vision quest. And after the vision quest, um, I looked at this one gentleman and I don't even know how exactly it was said, but he said something about, you know, making me his adopted daughter, like spiritual daughter and his wife the same. And it made my heart really full. And I was like, wow, like spiritual parents, how awesome is that? The next Christmas we got together and, um, the gentleman and the woman. So the gentleman, they both had kids, previous marriages, got married, second marriage. And when they went to Hawaii for their honeymoon, they brought back these little jade pendants for each child, for each kid as a gift. Well, the gentleman's daughter was younger and either early twenties, I think pretty sure. And was killed by the boyfriend. Obviously a very traumatic loss. They had the pendant from this daughter. And that Christmas, I mean, I'm, I think it had been a few years or whatever. I'm not sure how long it had been since the daughter had passed, but it had been a little while. They handed me the pendant and I was just wowed, um, amazed, just taken aback, just so grateful honored. And that pendant became so precious to me. Wore it all the time, probably that next year, somewhere in that next year, towards the end of the year, I lost it. I felt very upset, a loss and emptiness. And I went up to Carol, it's my spiritual mom. And, and I, and I told her, I said, I, I, I feel so bad. I'm so sorry. I lost this pendant that you guys gifted to me. And I felt so honored. And she's like, Cheryl, she goes, the energy already passed. So when they handed me the pendant, it wasn't the pendant. It was the energy behind it. And in that moment, I began to realize the things that we have energy in, it's the energy. Someone gives you something, they give you the energy. They're giving you an energy as well to receive. So I'm just going to end with that, that little piece about attachment. So I began into the suffering. And then when she gave me that, it was like, I was able to release that and not go into the suffering. Wow. So hopefully my friends, this was helpful in some way. Hopefully you had amazing Thanksgiving. Um, and then we can start looking at being more present and just being instead of attaching to a particular outcome for whatever that is. And in that, in that we'll begin to create our lives more. 
So thank you for listening yet again. Um, sorry for the long break, but it's just where I am and where I have been. And, you know, podcasts will come here and there. I'm just not sure exactly when or how that looks. But feel free to always reach out. Um, EQ soul, S O U L and bodywork at gmail.com. Shoot me a, an email. Say, Hey, how you doing? I'm listening. It's awesome. I'd love to hear from you guys. I'd love to hear from you. Maybe there's something else we want to talk about. So hopefully this is great and you guys are doing well and it was helped create your life in some magical way here in the future. All right, guys, I will talk to you later. Ciao.